content marketing is a long game. This is not something that you are gonna post a video and you're gonna get five clients knocking on your door, more than likely. Hello, hello, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday Podcast. Today, we are talking about content creation. You may or may not know this, but YouTube and other forms of content marketing really is my number one lead generation strategy. I don't do a lot of outbound outreach and things like that. I really put a lot of time and effort into creating content. It's always my answer when people ask me how they can grow their business. I think content is organic. You know, it is uh, fun to create. It helps people build a relationship with you and get to know you really well. So I'm a big believer in it. So today I wanna talk specifically about what I would do if I would have had all the wisdom that I have now and know everything that I know now about creating content on the internet in order to grow my business. So let's hop in. Okay, so the first thing to think about is developing a solid brand story. And what I mean by that is you want to really have a good understanding of what message you're trying to get across. One of the ways that I recommend people do this is by establishing content pillars or buckets of content that they like to talk about. Because what often happens is people, myself included, get like all over the place. When I first started, if you don't know, my YouTube story I mean, I started out doing beauty and fashion content and then I would like throw freelance content in and then I would throw travel content in. It was just all over the place. I wasn't telling a cohesive brand story. When I really started to, you know, niche down as they say and really focus on what my message was that I wanted to get across, that's when I started to see success and growth on this platform. So pick no more than two to three content pillars to really focus on. Maybe it is graphic design for small businesses and small business productivity. Like those are the two things that you focus on because you are a graphic design coach or a graphic design provider or whatever. And it's also important that those pillars tie back to your offers or things that you have to sell. Now, of course, if you just wanna be a content creator for fun, like you just wanna be an entertainment content creator, this probably actually is not the episode for you because I don't really have a lot to say on that. I'm talking if you want to eventually sell something or, you know, get awareness about your business or whatever, that's what I would recommend doing. Similarly, the second thing you should do is really research your target audience and and or like develop a target audience, decide who they are. I still struggle with this, to be honest. I kind of, I think because I've done so many things over the years and because I am so multi-passionate just as a person. I think I have people who fit into a lot of different categories, right? I have people who wanna be um, social media managers or who are social media managers. I have people who have other types of online businesses, like maybe online courses. I have people who wanna be content creators. I have people who just followed me from my beauty and fashion days and are just like friendly with me as a person, you know, and are just kind of normal nine to five worker type people, you know? So definitely figure out who you want to talk to. If you wanna make graphic design content or if you wanna make, I don't know, um, pet content or whatever, if you're like a dog walker, decide at the beginning who you are trying to speak to. And that's going to help inform your pillars and all of that stuff. Also research them, you know, figure out where they are, where they go online, because I also see this problem happen a lot and have made my fair share of this mistake of just kind of like doing what other people were doing, seeing like, okay, TikTok is a hot platform. So I need to be on TikTok or everybody's talking about LinkedIn right now. I need to be on LinkedIn. And what I really should be doing is researching where my customer is, where they really like to hang out. So um, just find some of your ideal clients or your ideal customers online and 
you know, either ask them, you know, you can set up interviews with them and say, Hey, I just want to like pick your brain. I'll buy you Starbucks or whatever, send you a gift card. I just want to learn about your social media and content marketing consumption habits so I can know where to go. You know, so just kind of like do some lurking. I lurk all the time on Reddit and discords and things like that. Just kind of see what my target audience is talking about, what kinds of questions they're asking, who else in the space they follow. So I can not copy of course, but understand which platforms those creators are leveraging and having success with and so on. So you got to know who you're talking to and you got to know what the heck you're talking about. Based on that data, you'll want to test two to three platforms. If you're starting from absolute scratch, that's what I would do is I would just test my two to three most likely platforms. So like, let's say I'm targeting a professional audience. You know, I want to offer my social media management services to like financial industry people or something like that. I'm definitely going to go on LinkedIn because I know that's where professional, you know, people tend to hang out, but maybe I'm also going to test out Twitter, or I might also test out YouTube and test out long form content in that way. So what I'll do is I'll create accounts on those two to three platforms. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to post consistently until I find a clear winner. So, you know, consistently I know is like a broad term. If I could like twirl a little magic wand, I would say that's posting, you know, three times a week on all of those platforms, but I know that's not realistic for everybody. I know we all have lives and jobs and careers and families and whatnot. So just post as regularly and consistently as you can to get a good amount of data to be able to compare across platforms. If you post the same video on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and maybe like a clip of it on Twitter, then look at those numbers, analyze them and say, okay, Twitter drove this many clicks. LinkedIn got a lot of views, but didn't get clicks to our website at all. YouTube, we got nothing. It's just total crickets. Nobody cared about this on YouTube. And, you know, do that for a few weeks, maybe a month, really compare apples to apples, apples to oranges. I don't know what the, what the term is actually supposed to be, but compare them, you know, against each other. So you can find a clear winner there usually will be a clear winner. They'll usually be, we're getting, you know, heaps of engagement. And, you know, at that point, I think that's a good metric to look at is engagement because realistically, you're probably not going to be getting a ton of clicks and sales when you're this like brand new account on any platform, you have to develop that relationship. But of course, if you do get clicks and sales, that's only furthering the point that you have a clear winner. Okay. So once you have a clear winner, scale that platform, make that your pillar platform. Just like we talked about content pillars. I also recommend having a platform pillar. It is just not realistic. It is just not realistic. I get really heated up about this. Y'all it is not realistic to have this robust content strategy for every platform or even like three or four platforms, right? Like, it's just not realistic unless you have a large team of people helping you out. That's a different story. That's probably a different strategy. But if you're like, you know, a one person show, if you're just a freelancer and you are looking to grow your business through content marketing, you can't be everywhere. You just cannot. And you definitely cannot be creating original content for every single platform. You'll go mad and you will not be focusing on your clients. I, you know, I, I see this happen a lot where a lot of us will get so wrapped up in building our own brands that then we start 
start to slack for our clients and then you lose your clients and then it's like, okay, well now you're starting from super scratch because you just abandoned your clients. So focus on one as your pillar platform. And then what you're gonna do for the runners up and the other platforms that maybe you're interested in being on is just repurpose your content onto there. Now you can do this creatively. Like I'm not saying just completely rip the same YouTube video and just post a full thing onto LinkedIn or whatever, but you know, you can cut it up into bite-sized pieces. Maybe that one YouTube video is five LinkedIn posts now, or maybe it's a blog post, you know, maybe you use a tool like Descript to get the transcript of your YouTube video and turn it into a blog. Maybe you do the same thing. You get the transcript and you use that for a bunch of Instagram captions or tweets, you know, Twitter threads, whatever. So there's a lot of different ways that you can cut up your content and repurpose it without having to like completely reinvent the wheel. Because yeah, I do think it's important to be active on multiple platforms, you know, to go against what I just said earlier. Yeah, it's not realistic to like be 100% amazing on each one, but I do think it is important to not just put all of your eggs in one basket either, but it's just important to, you know, know what each platform is good for and understand that you can repurpose. You don't need to be like reinventing the wheel for each one. Just in case you didn't know, YouTube is my pillar platform. It's where, you know, my first content ideas go, like when I have exciting ideas and things I wanna create, they go on YouTube first and then I repurpose obviously onto the podcast. I kind of, you know, do that all in one for my Friday episodes, but I also repurpose onto Instagram, onto Twitter and use Twitter threads and things like that. So if you are somebody who is thinking like, okay, YouTube, I think is where I want to be. I'm ready to play the long game because spoiler alert, it is a long game. It takes a while, but it is so very worth it. I wouldn't have the business I have without this platform. I don't think if that's something that you're interested, in, I'm going to drop a link down in the show notes and the description box on YouTube. If you want to download my YouTube cheat sheet, I put together this resource for you all just to kind of learn some of my insights that I've learned over the many years that I've been on YouTube. Yeah, it's just a free resource I created for you. So check that out down below. Now, speaking of that, the next thing you will want to do is develop a lead magnet strategy from day one. Even if you don't have a product yet, even if you don't have something to sell yet, figure out a way to just start collecting emails. This can be as simple as setting up a newsletter link. Hey, I'm going to send out every week or every month, just like a note from myself, you know, about something, whatever it is that your business is about. Maybe it's like tips about the computer science industry. I don't know. I don't think that's a real thing. Whatever. That could be a thing. Or if you want to take it a step further and what I would recommend doing if you can is actually developing some type of resource for people. So um, if I was doing a social media agency, you know, maybe I offer some type of report or white paper on like the social media trends for 2022 for, you know, marketing leaders in corporate companies so they can help guide their marketing decisions. And then you're obviously the go-to person. I know um, one of the ones that I love, I think Hootsuite does it. I don't even actually know if it's a lead magnet, but every year they come out with a social media image size guide. So you know how they change every year, what's the cover photo size, what's the profile picture resolution size, whatever, all that stuff. They provide a resource every single year. So you could do something like that, just some ideas, but create something like that. I have some videos, I believe, on that process that I will try to link on the YouTube video and in the show notes, but you know, use a tool like Flowdesk, set up a very simple automation and just provide that free resource for people. And then in all of your videos or whatever type of content you're creating, you can just let people know, Hey, don't forget, I have this free image cheat sheet or 
image size guide or whatever you want to call it, download it for free down below. And now you have those folks emails and they're going to come really in handy when you do decide to activate that list and start actually selling to them. Next piece of advice is to listen, listen to your audience. You know, those early audience members, I would treat them like kings and queens, okay? You should always be appreciative of any audience that you have, of course, but especially in the beginning, like they really like you because chances are, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a mean way, I'm saying this like my content was bad when I first started, you know? So the people who are watching at that early stage, they really believe in you, they really are interested in your topic or in your niche. So definitely treat them well, nurture them, and also just listen to them, you know, pay attention to their comments, respond to them, ask them questions, follow them back on social media and engage in conversations with them to really understand where their head's at and what types of content they need in the future. That's really going to help you inform your content decisions moving forward. And also use that feedback to generate ideas for future products. If you're going to sell something, which I would recommend, spoiler alert, selling something, I think that these social media platforms, these creator driven platforms, all of them really besides YouTube, I think YouTube is pretty fair. I feel it's pretty fair what they pay. All the other ones, the TikTok, the Instagram, I think they are robbing us, okay? I do not think that monetizing directly on those platforms is sustainable. I think it's really important to build something of your own. So I did a YouTube uh, income report up here if you wanna check that out to see like what the earning potential is on a platform like this, but it definitely takes time to even get there. Long story short, build something that you can sell. I think that really is the future of the creator economy and listen, to your audience to figure out what they need. That's how I developed my first course, really all of my courses. I really didn't wanna make social media templates. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know, I just don't really even like that word even because I feel like all of our businesses are so unique and I was like, I don't know, maybe some people won't like it or it won't give people what they need or whatever. But I listened, I got so many demands, so many requests for templates. I launched a template product and people really loved it. The Social Media Management Toolbox, it is one of our best-selling products and it you know has like a four 4.8 or 4.9 star review. So people, you know, it gave people what they needed. So, you know, pay attention to what format they're looking for. Are they looking for a course? Are they looking for coaching? Are they looking for a group? Are they looking for merch? You know, whatever that might be, really listen to them and understand what they need from you. Don't focus on ads when you're first in the building stage. You know, you definitely can increase your revenue on a platform like YouTube or TikTok or, you know, Instagram even. You definitely can increase your revenue by working with brand sponsors. But my recommendation is to not focus on that in the beginning and instead focusing on building your own thing, like I just said. And the reason for this is one, your earning potential is probably going to be pretty low when you're still like a very small creator in terms of followers and engagement and all that stuff. But number two, you are still in like the woo stage of your relationship with your audience. So you don't want to be like, hey, I'm trying to sell you stuff. Hey, I'm trying to sell you stuff on day one. You really want to play it cool, just like you would when you're first dating someone, you want to get to know them. You want to prove your value to them. You want to impress them before you start pitching them things. So play it cool, you know, wait a while before you start trying to sell, 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 really build up that solid foundation of the relationship before you move into that stuff. And if you are going to sell anything, make it be your freebie, your free offer that you were going to deliver to people. And you know, if you really want to start selling for money, that's where I would focus on your own offers before other brands, because this does not sustainable, you know, send traffic to your website, get leads into your pipeline before 
other people. It's like on the airplane, right? Put your own mask on before helping somebody else. Same approach for content creation. Don't focus on selling too quickly either though, even for your own product. Really focus on building that list, pointing to that lead magnet, that freebie, and just delivering really good content and building up a loyal audience base. Now, when it comes to growth, aside from just like organic growth and doing what you can as far as SEO and good content and good thumbnails and good this and that, also collaborations are very, very valuable. And it's something I still do not do enough of. I'm very shy. I, a lot of people don't know that about me, but I'm very shy. I'm very like, um, yeah, I'm very shy. So I'm not good at collaborating with people. It's usually not that I don't want to. I'm just like nervous to ask people and I don't know, things can kind of be weird with the whole like creator politics of you have more followers than me and you don't. And it's just, I don't know, it can be kind of messy, but I am gonna encourage you to do as I say and not as I do and collaborate because every time I do collaborate, I'm always better for it in some way, whether it's just personal and I feel like I made a friend who understands me a little bit more. Most of the people you meet in your life are not gonna be putting themselves on the internet all the time. So they can't relate to a lot of your day-to-day concerns or problems, or more importantly, or maybe not more importantly, but in terms of business, you know, you will have generated leads or you will have, you know, gotten placement on a cool media opportunity, or you will have, you know, gotten a referral or been able to provide a referral to somebody in your audience. Like it's always a good thing. So if you are worried about, you know, competition and and all those kinds of weird vibes, my recommendation is to find creators who are in aligning industries, but not competitive industries. So like if you are a web designer and you're creating web design content, trying to attract web design clients, then maybe partner with a social media manager who you can figure out a way to create content together to talk about how web and social talk to each other. And now maybe you even come up with a package to sell to people that contains both web design and social media management or a social media audit or social media setup or something like that. Or, you know, maybe you are a life coach and you want to partner with a nutrition coach who, you know, maybe a lot of your clients are struggling with eating healthy food because they're not in great spirits and they're just, you know, eating out of convenience and going through drive throughs and stuff like that. So you want to bring in a nutrition coach to help provide some type of service or product to your clients, you know? So figure out a way to collaborate with people who are in aligning industries, but not necessarily competing. So then you don't have to worry about the whole, you know, you're stealing my clients and all that stuff. It's annoying. Okay, and the last thing I'm gonna tell you is I would recommend, I would urge you to just watch your numbers. Create a simple spreadsheet, a simple, you know, document where you can track your KPIs or key performance indicators, your watch time, your, you know, number of views, your click-through rate, track your links, you know, use tracking links. You can use a tool like Bitly for free to make all your links trackable. So you can actually see when people visit your website from your videos or, you know, whatever social platform you are deciding to go with. And that is just gonna help you so, so much to make good decisions. You know, if something is just not working, if you've been at this for like six months and you haven't gotten a single website click or a single lead magnet download, like, yeah, it's probably time to pivot in one way or another, whether that's changing up the type of content you're creating or focusing on a different platform, changing up your SEO strategy, whatever that is, it's gonna help you make decisions. All right, I'm going to add an additional tip here that I didn't write down on here, stay, consistent, stay the course, 
Just keep doing the thing. It is a long game. Content marketing is a long game. This is not something that you are gonna post a video and you're gonna get five clients knocking on your door, more than likely. I mean, unless you hit the jackpot and you you know, hit some algorithm or do the SEO amazing or whatever, maybe. But that certainly was not the case for me or most of the people that I know. It is a long game, so you have to invest in it for the long haul and you will be grateful that you did. You know, Five years from now, two years from now, whatever, you're gonna be really glad that you posted one video a week or whatever you can realistically commit to. My recommendation is one a week, I think is a good place to start. One video, um, one blog post, one podcast, like one longer form piece of content, and then maybe a few updates on some of the smaller social channels in between. There's a quote from Warren Buffett that I actually really like. It says, someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And that is my overall theory on content marketing, particularly on a platform like YouTube. Okay, today's question of the day says, I'm a freelancer, should I use my own name or create a business name and does it matter? Let me be quick with this. I think names don't matter as much as we think we do, to be honest. I, th I think like if your product is good or what you're offering is good, it's good, right? But I think when it comes to SEO, when it comes to discoverability, maybe that's where I would think a little bit harder on it. So if you're somebody who already has a lot of clients, you already have a lot of referrals, then it probably doesn't matter that much, honestly. But if you're brand new, if you're starting out in this space, you're just trying to like establish a place for yourself, then maybe pay attention to something that's a little bit more SEO optimized, meaning if you're a graphic designer. Maybe I would call it Latasha graphic design or something a little more fun than that. But you know, Latasha graphic design versus square or like water bottle or something. I don't know. You know, how sometimes graphic design companies and agencies and stuff have these like weird names. Maybe don't do that. If you are totally starting from scratch and you're going to be relying a lot on organic content marketing or marketing in general, or, or even ads, right? So that's my advice on that. I think this question is probably more asking about, should you brand yourself as an agency or a person, which I think there's pros and cons to both. I think establishing yourself as an agency, for me, it enabled me to charge higher rates. You just attract a different type of client. But I also think that different type of client needed me to like raise the bar. Like I needed to be a certain level to do that. It wasn't like a mom and pop shop who just needed someone to run their Instagram, right? They needed somebody who could help them with like, you know, Google ads and like all these different things that maybe don't fall under this more traditional, just social media management house. So keep that in mind. You may need to like raise your skill set if you're going to do that and or bring in additional people. That's kind of the definition of an agency is having different people to work with you. And then the last thing I'm going to say, just because we were talking about content marketing, I haven't really talked about this very much on here, but I do get asked sometimes, like, do you regret using your real name on the internet? And honestly, I, I don't want to say I regret it. I don't regret it. But if I were starting from scratch, I probably would not use my first and last name on the internet in the way that I do now. I never expected that I would have nearly a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. That is like mind blowing to me. That's just a lot of people to me and not everybody has great intentions. And I have definitely dealt with like all the weird things that you could think of, you know, all the weird hacking incidences, all the weird, you know, people who think that we're going to get married incidences, all the mean girl incidents, you know, all of it, all of those experiences, as I think anybody on the internet someday will. And even if you feel like you're not going to, you never know where your platform can be in a few years. So part of me wishes I would have just used like my first and middle name or like a fake last name or something like that, just so it's a little harder to find me. But you know, I think any person with bad intentions, you know, 
can 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 find you. I know that sounds sad, but you know, if somebody really has has terrible intentions, they'll find a way either way. So that's just my piece of advice for you is I wouldn't advertise it. Obviously, there are things that I do to keep myself safe. I think the best thing I'll tell you, obviously, if you're creating like vlog style content where you show your your daily life, don't ever talk about your routines. Don't talk about you know any partners if you have them routines and where they are and how often they're home and things like that. And, you know, um, the fact that your dog's out at, a, at the vet for five days while you're home by yourself, don't do that. I also never show my view. If people saw it, they could definitely figure out where I lived. I don't even talk about where I live. I say I live in Michigan. I don't talk about which city or suburb or, you know, whatever that I live in. So you can do things like that to protect yourself as well. So Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned a little something from it. If you did, please be sure to rate and review the podcast. You can do that on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on YouTube, you can leave me a thumbs up. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to the YouTube channel or follow me on the podcasting platforms. And I will see you for another episode next week. Bye.